Welcome in to another edition of the Cattails Podcast, the Weber State Athletics Podcast. I'm Paul Grua, joined by Athletic Director Tim Crompton. And Tim, today we're excited to talk to a guy who's very familiar with Weber State and has been around. I think our fans will know as well. And and now it takes on a new role. That's Matt Hammer, the new offensive coordinator for the Weber State football team. Uh, Matt, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. We're excited to talk with you and get to know you a little bit. And Tim, uh, this is a guy, like I said, that fans are certainly going to know about. He's been around for a while. Well, Paul, thanks, thanks for having me as well. And certainly exciting times for Weber State Wildcats in terms of um, you know, Matt Hammer being able to return here and just, just continuing to excel the things he does for our football program and our athletic department and our community. So thanks for having me. Well, Matt, we'll start with just the recent news. You're just recently named uh, the offensive coordinator for the Wildcat football team by Coach Hill. Uh, you're in your second stint here at Weber State. We're going to talk about all that. Uh, but I, I'm, I know, as, as, as you said before, but you're excited to, to have the new opportunity, a new challenge to, to become the offensive coordinator again. Yeah, no, it's very humbling to come back to a place where you have a good relationship with so many people. Um, you build that relationship with Coach Hill from, that's different than just your friendship uh, over a year span co- coaching on the other side of the ball. And then he has enough belief in you as a person and as a coach to have that ability to get this situation again. Um, it's a fun process. Yeah. Uh, you just sit back and you think about it, of where was that and what you did and the things you learned along the way, um, and then have a chance to do it again. When, when we did it before, when I did it before, of where it was at, and you feel like you're a better coach, have more experience, and now have a chance to be better, it's exciting. Yeah. You and I talked the other day about it doesn't happen very often where you get the chance to, to come back to a place where you were in the same role. That doesn't happen very often in college athletics, does it? It does not. Yeah. You know, it's – and you're, you're coming back to a – where the program's just in a better situation. Um, you know, you can look at stats and you can look at things that you did – you know, when you're in that when you're in that situation, you can manipulate that however you want. Um, but to have the challenge to to where it's at from a numbers standpoint, um, yeah, to put your put your hands on that and to make it better, uh, make it more productive, make it more exciting, um, is a fun challenge. You've uh, you've coached on a lot of lot of different positions, both sides of the ball. Coach Hill talked about that in, in when you were hired that uh, you have experience on both sides. Uh, just a little bit of bio information for fans in case you're not aware. But uh, Coach Hammer comes. Uh, this is his second stint at Weber State. He was with the Wildcats in 2019, coaching inside linebackers, uh, and he was with Weber State from 2006 to 2012, where you coached uh, a lot of different positions. Do you remember all those positions? Yes, sir. <laughs> Let's see what you got. So 2006, <laughs> when I first got hired as a defensive GA, I worked for Kevin Clune that year with the linebackers. In February of 2007, I got hired to coach the running backs. I did that for the next two seasons, in 2007, 2008. Um, in the spring of 2009, I got promoted to be the offensive coordinator. I was still coaching running backs at the time. Um, a year later, we lost a coach. Um, and it felt like it was the best thing for our staff for me to move to receivers. I coached receivers in 2010, 2011. Um, still was the offensive coordinator at that time. 
um, in the transition of Mac retiring and uh, John L. Smith coming in as the head coach. I moved back to running backs, but was retained as the offense coordinator. Um, when John L. left that April, no changes happened when Jody took over um, April 22nd of that year. Um, and I continued to do that through that fall um, and then decided to um, take a head high school job. Yeah. There. You went from one Weber to another. Weber, yep. Weber State to Weber High. That didn't happen Spent, moves, that was good. That's good, too. And that doesn't happen very often either, does it? Nope. Spent six years as the head coach at Weber High School with the Warriors and, and led them to a couple of state playoff appearances. And we're going to talk about all that as well and uh, and get to know you a little bit more. So, you know, let's let's start with, with when you, you, you graduated from, from Southern Utah and played football there, right? Yes, sir. Played wide receiver and kick return. And right? corner. Cornerback. Yep, I... I Played kind of how my coaching career has gone. You know, I went in as a <laughs> went in as a receiver my freshman year. Um, had to earn it as a walk on. I wasn't I wasn't invited to fall camp that year. Ended up getting a phone call about a week into camp um, that a spot had opened up. Uh, found my way down there that late Sunday night. Got in there early, and then three weeks later, actually started. Uh, the game against Weber State in 2001. Mm. Um, and then about halfway through the season, we had about two or three injuries on defense, and I ended up getting switched to the defensive side of the ball to play corner, finished the season there. My sophomore year, I played every snap at receiver. My junior year, very similar to what happened my freshman year, started receiver, moved to corner injury-wise, but still played. And then I just went to those guys um, going into my senior year, I just didn't want to switch again. I didn't care what I played. Ended up finishing my career at corner. Okay. So, yeah, very similar to your coaching career. You're right. Uh, graduated from there in 2006. Uh, before that, you played at Clearfield High, so you're a local guy as well from around the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you want to get into coaching when you were after your career was over? Did, is that something you always wanted to do? So I went to school to – I wanted to be a cop or FBI, went, went criminal justice. About halfway through – um, I'm sitting in a drugs and theory class, and I still remember it, drugs and theory 3400. And our professor's talking about this and that, and I'm like, there's no way I want to do this. And so that spring, I just went to, went to my counselor and said, hey, I want to switch. Um, about a year and a half later, in fall camp, going into my senior year, I broke my foot. Um, and this is when I already decided I wanted to kind of switch coaching. So I ended up redshirting that year, but ended up traveling. I ended up sitting in our coaches' meetings, sat in the box with our defense coordinator at the time, calling personnel, doing these things, and I fell in love with coaching. Mm-hmm. So honestly, the, the foot injury solidified a lot of things for me in my life of what I wanted to really do, and that's coaching. Yeah. Uh, what is it, in a generic sense, what is it that you love the most about coaching? The players. I love the interaction with the players. It keeps you young. It. I remember the great coaches that I had that I was around, whether it was a Little League football coach, Kelly Ross, or my high school coach, Randy Johnson, the coaches I had in college, Aaron Roderick, Kalani Sataki, Gary Anderson, you know, those types of people and the impact that those guys had in my life and still do have in my life. And if I can have a small part of that to one of the players – or some players, and and it is. You get those relationships now, whether it's 
guys that I coached here the first time, the guys that I coached at the high school, you know, it's just the players is everything to me in those relationships. Yeah. Tim, you, you certainly would agree with that as a, as a coach as well, right? That's what it really comes down to. Sure. I mean, those interper- interpersonal relationships you, you develop and then maintain over the years with your with the student athletes is uh, what you remember the most. Mm-hmm. It's less about the winning or the, or the, the losing. It's really about that. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, I would ask a, question, a two-part question of you, Coach Hammer. I mean, you were here uh, with Mac, and certainly Mac had, and then Jody for a minute, and, and Mac had a ton of confidence in you, and, and, and Coach Hill has an enormous amount of confidence in you as well. Tell me the difference between between when you were here the first time as you come back and and what it's like now in terms of the program and some of the things, part one, part two, some of the things that are different in terms of what you learned while you were a head coach. I think the biggest thing that's different is the expectations of excellence in everything we do on an everyday basis is much, much higher in a nutshell. Um, the buy-in from the athletic department to football is much, much higher where, you know, and it shows of the facilities that have been built. It shows by the continuing support. Um, the things that I learned as a head coach is I had to have enough knowledge in every single position because it might be in the high school setting where I've got one guy in the building with me and I have a, 10 other prayer professionals and that guy might get stuck at work and I've got to have the ability to take our D line through individual, our safeties through individual, our offensive line through individual, you know, and do those and have enough knowledge of that. So it made me a better student in the game and something that I always loved about it, but it made me more well-rounded um, in, that, in that aspect. And that's what I think is special about most high school head coaches is they have that ability in them um, to do a lot of those things. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how did you get from, from finishing your career at Southern Utah and graduating, how did you end up as a graduate assistant in 2006 under Coach Mack? So Kevin Clune had worked for Coach McBride at University of Utah in 2001-2002 as a GA. When Gary Anderson took the Southern Utah job in 2003, Cluner left Utah and went down to Southern Utah as the defensive coordinator in 2003-2004. Um, and my, my last game in two, the fall of 2005 was against Weber State. Mm-hmm. And me and Cluner became close because of the injury that I had in 2004. I worked a lot with him as that student assistant. And I actually happened to bump into him leaving the stadium as they were coming in for their walkthrough that day. We visited for a few minutes. Um, because we became pretty close, I said, "Hey, when I get when I get up there next week during Thanksgiving, I'm going to come by and see you. I want to, you know, see if there's an opportunity there." And so Kevin gave me the opportunity through Mac of setting the table and getting me in um, to basically come and work for free. At GA. <laughs> what was that experience like? You know, I just I think it's it's it can be really hard on some people. Um, you know, because a lot of a lot of coaches will get into it and are impatient with the process. I just I took it as I'm gonna be the first one in the building. I'm gonna be one of the last to leave, and those are things that I learned from a work ethic that my dad taught me 
when he's doing construction when we were growing up. Just he was going to do whatever he needed to do to provide for our family. I'm starting in that setting where I've got to do whatever I can do to help me and my future wife at the time to, to take care of her. And so that's all I really knew is just whatever was asked me, I was going to do, try to do it well. Um, and the work ethic that I learned from my dad, from coaches, as a player, leading up to that, you know, it's, it's a uni- unique experience. Mm-hmm. I think the common thing that some guys get into is they just, they want it to happen faster than it needs to. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so Coach Mack uh, is someone that everybody loves. You know, the fans love him, but he, but he can be a hard one to, to work for, I think, and he's a tough-minded coach. What was it like working for him, and what did you learn most from Mac? The biggest thing that I learned from Mac is the appreciation of how important the game is, how important a practice rep is. You know, he would we would get into some settings, and he would make you do it over and over and over again. And so the the little things of not taking it for granted and how important it is is the the biggest thing I took took away from Mac and then a part of me of why I love the players so much is the other part of it because Mac was all about the kids and almost to an extreme where it could ultimately hurt the kid he almost helped him too much you know Um, but that that was kind of the Achilles heel where it could hurt him but at the end of the day he didn't care because the kids meant way more than whatever the situation was. Um, you know, you ask about working for him. All, all you can control is what you can control. So what I tried to control was our coaches and our players on that side of the ball of playing good, clean, sound football. And, you know, in 2009, we were 19th in the country in total offense. In 2010, we were 7th. 2011 we were 23rd or 24th and then we were very good in 2012 and we were like 73rd or 74th in total offense you know so you look at that well what does that really do for you nothing numbers that you remember for no reason why those numbers just came in my head right now I don't know but it's about being productive and I think my work ethic around Mac and what he could trust me with is why he put so much trust in me. Yeah. Do you have any favorite Mac stories you can share with us? Um, is this going to get edited? <laughs> um, some of, the, some of my favorite Mac stories was Mac actually telling stories of other people. Yeah. We're, he told us a, a story of Coach Majerus one year, or one day, where they're in the Huntsman Center up there. Coach Majerus is in the Huntsman Center. He's sitting in the sauna or the steam room or whatever, and he was going to walk out in his towel to walk a couple doors down to get in the locker room. As he's walking out, the door shuts and it gets the towel caught in the door. So he can't get the door out and he's standing there butt naked in the hallway underneath the, in the hyper building next to the Huntsman. And listening to like Mac tell that story <laughs> was so much joy and fun. Those, so him just telling stories of players and recruiting and, him going somewhere and this and that. Um, and his laugh, the way he'd laugh oh, at yeah. stories. No, no doubt. <laughs> so those are the things that I, that I remember a, a lot of. You know, the, the not-so-fun stories is in 2009 when we 
screwed it up on the fourth and one call at the end of the Montana State game and how that went wasn't a fun one. Mm-hmm. The, the Colorado State game. The there Colorado when State you, game when I yeah. threw my headset through the window for fumbling the ball after a 17-play drive, seven plays, forty or seven minutes, 41 seconds, and we screwed it up on the 11-yard line to kick a field goal to win yeah. the game. But, but that's... That's how important it was to him, and that's what I love. That's what I love about it. Yeah. You know, is, is that stuff that it was important. We're talking with Matt Hammer, the new offensive coordinator at Weber State, uh, with the Wildcat football team. Uh, you were part of that uh, before you became the OC the first time. That 2008 team as an assistant coach, memorable team that, that wins the Big Sky, uh, goes to the playoffs, beats Cal Poly in the first round, which is a, a great win. What do you remember most from that that season? The continuity that our our team had and it reminded me a lot of the team that we had this year so our guys liked each other they, they they wanted to fight for one another our coaches liked each other there was good continuity on the staff that year um you know the Cal Poly game was a fun one like you said we won 49 to 42 it's a shootout they were really really good on offense um we were really really good on on O that year and it just beat Montana here in Ogden you know, 48 to 28 yeah 45 yeah. to 28 yeah yeah. Played really well for some beat Montana in a long time mm-hmm. um, that year. Um, you know, and then we turn around and go to Bozeman the next year, the next week in a blizzard, and beat them there. Um, you know, there's a lot of good things ab- about that whole year. You know, but it's probably the thing that stands out is the joy that you've seen in the players' face at Idaho State when we clinched the conference and the excitement of hey, we can do it here, you know. The, that, that feeling on the field that day was a, was a pretty cool deal. Yeah, hadn't been done a long time. Uh, on that squad and, and other squads that you coached were some, some great Wildcat uh, legends that, that we can talk about. One of those, is, of course, is Trevin Smith, who you were very close with. And uh, four-year, first-time All-Big all Sky player, first team, and uh, – all, you know, all kinds of accolades that we know about. Someone that you obviously got very close to and, and helped uh, in his life. What, what has Trevin meant to you? A lot. A lot. I mean, he's just... He's one of my favorite people that I <clears throat> love to hate. Hated to not to love because of all the good he would do and then some stuff he would do, you just wanted to just kill him. You know? Um, and you just... You appreciated his will and fight and how he played on game day there's not a better competitor that I've been around than Trevin on game day you know um and so he he meant he meant a lot to me we I was a really young coach at that time um when and when I first started coaching Trevin in 2007 um I was 24 when I got got the job there were players um, on the team older than you, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. There, was a, there, there we had a D tackle that was one of my high school teammates. They were the same age. He's actually older than I was, Derek Johnson. Yeah. Pate Malini was older than I was as well. Um, and so, so I, you know, I'm trying to figure it out still of, of how to handle things and how to handle this situation and that. And, um, I learned a lot of things that I would never, ever do from Trev. Um, but you have to sometimes you have to experience those things of doing some stuff wrong or not the right way to to figure it out as you go um but yeah i mean his you know and it just him and him and erica got married you know why he was playing here and 
we came we became close my we had a young family they had a young family you know and so um and then you fast forward it 10 11 years later and what what went on this last summer with him losing his life and and you just but it comes right back to like it never skipped a beat of the relationship you know and so Erica and Erica and her, her two older kids um, and her dad came up for the Idaho State game and to see the picture after the game with them in the tunnel with standing between their dad is it's a cool deal and that's what it comes down to is those types of relationships and that's the extreme on the other side of it yeah. of of you know how it went but and you stayed close to him and close to his family not not just when you were coaching him but after for quite a while yeah no we stayed in, we stayed in contact you know it's just life gets hard you know mm-hmm. um but it's he needed anything we needed anything it's just my wife went over there to compete in a crossfit competition and one of the people they went she went to see was Trevor and erica mm-hmm. you know why, why she's out there and so it's you know just that's a, that's the beauty of coaching and why it's so important to me is how those relationships um are sustained like tim was saying earlier that you just never know when it's going to come back but right when you see him no matter who it is it just it can instantly take you back to that time with them in that moment when you're coaching them that's what's cool about it and you know trevin was obviously one of our best we've ever had in this school's history and and uh, he'll certainly be honored here uh some others though cameron higgins uh 2008 was the big sky mvp as a sophomore trevin or tim tune had a tremendous career as well he was a special player too and had a great team those 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 years that you were there and uh, a lot of a lot of offensive weapons for sure yeah no, you, go, you go through that whole list I mean you talk about Cam and what he did in a way and you know what he did in his career here um, the, the records the passing yards you know those types of things you look at what Tim did as a junior and a senior catches 84 balls for 1600 yards as a junior and 83 balls in like 1,200, or whatever it was as a senior. Um, Cody Nakamura, Joe Collins, mm-hmm. Mike Phillips, Great Brian Edouard. Vita Funa, J.C. Orum, Kyle Moocher, all the, yeah. You go through all those. <laughs> Dave Hill, Paul, Paul Carpenter, Demetrius Supas. <laughs> you know, I mean, just all those guys through that time where it's, you know, but it was important. And we, we bred and we talked about playing great on offense. And the guys believed it. And there was a trust factor there of, you know, that we're going to play great on offense and we're going to do our part um, as that goes. But they, it wasn't that they just showed up and it, it happened. Trevin carried the ball 997 times for 5,029 yards in his career here. Like, so it's, it's you talk about competing, being a competitor and you're carrying the ball 225 times on average a year. Yeah. Like Man, that is a, kid, that <laughs> is a tough. beating of what he's going through, but he loved it and he would do it all over again because of the experience of what football can bring, mm-hmm. you know, but you talk about those guys, you know, talk to Cam still, talk to Cody still, talk to Tim still, um, Joe seen him twice this year at different games. Um, Kevin Halfhill tight end, you know, that played for us, seen him a couple different times, um, you know, and so. Those guys are so much fun. Marcus Miley texted me last night um, and just told me congrats and how much you, you know, this time. And you get text messages like that 
where you had a true impact on who they are as people is a cool deal. Yeah. What's the biggest difference, and now you're doing it for the second time, when you go from an assistant coach coaching a position to becoming the offensive coordinator? I think it just comes back to relationships of every one of those guys rather than just the linebackers I had in my room this last fall and building the trust with them and building the relationship with them where you build that trust and you build that relationship and they trust you and you trust them and then they just start playing what they're capable of and now you switch I've got to build that trust not with just only the quarterbacks not only with the O-linemen but the whole offense where they know I had their best interest in it but they also got to know that it's just not me it's our coaching staff and them I've been a huge believer for a long time Paul about not believing in the I me and my's and being all about us we and ours and the better we are as a as a st- offensive staff the better we are as an offensive unit will show in our success you know because it's all about what we do not what I do you know as, yeah. as the coordinator so you spent three seasons uh, four seasons, I guess it was, right? Four seasons the first time uh, from 2009 to 2012 as the offensive coordinator. Um, and as you mentioned before, Coach McBride uh, decided to retire after 2011. He transitioned into John L. Smith, um, which was an experience there too, I'm sure. And then, and then Jody Sears. What was that whole experience like? You're changing three coaches in, a, in a, less than a year, really. Yeah, nearly five months. Yeah. You know, I had three different bosses, you know. I worked, I worked. I was around Coach Mack for six years. Appreciate everything he did for me and and gave me the opportunities that he did. And then John L came in, and um, we have still connected even since I've been gone. Since I was here, I really appreciated John L. John L treated me really, really good. Um, in a short amount of time, there was a lot of trust built in our relationship of him giving me the autonomy to do what we needed to do offensively through spring ball and as it was going. Um, And then Jody the same way, you know, um, where the the ability of what he gave me, where he was very comfortable with what we were doing on the offensive side of the ball, felt like it was the best, doing the best things to give us the best chance to win. Mm Um, in those types of things. Yeah. Well, you have to, when you when you have a new head coach come in, you have to kind of sell yourself to, to them because obviously they, they may have their own people and may not retain you. So that's hard. And you had to do that a couple times, you know, in that transition. Yep. For sure. Absolutely. So in two, after 2012 season, you made the decision to leave and to, and to and ended up going to Weber High School as the, as the head coach. Why the decision at that time? Just got to a point where there's some things that were going on that, I didn't believe in to a point um, and I just felt like it was a better situation at the time for me and my family to do something different yeah. um, and I looked at the Weber High situation as a team that hadn't won in two and a half years and the things that we could do there would be about what our staff could do um, you know, and you look at the history of Weber High, 
the night now the 94 95 years of football that's been played there and only having 25 26 winning seasons and the amount of success we were able to have there was a cool experience because of the things we were able to get done you know the last especially the last two years where you know we go 12 and 0 in our league 6 and 0 both years we average over 32 points a game give up less than five give it up give up less than six and just the way we played and the way we dominated had five shutouts it was it was a good yeah. it was a good deal but in the same breath always had that itch in me of cuz i loved it here it was more than just a job of working here i just i truly appreciated the people the atmosphere the level of competition and the things we were did we did and so um when Jay and I, three years ago, started talking about different things, you know, um, it was cool to have an opportunity to come back. Yeah. And, and I know you, you kept close touch of the program. We'd see it at practices here and there and some games, and you'd, you'd come by and, and keep an eye on it. But during your time at Weber High, what other, I mean, how, obviously I know it's different from, from college, but in what ways is it the biggest difference? I mean, were you teaching classes as well? So, and, so I, I had... Um, I was in the weight room. It's basically okay. our strength, strength coach, coach. At, okay. the, at the high school, but taught conditioning. Yeah. Um, and your your work day is just so much different because it's not football all the time. You're teaching. You have mixed classes of sophomores, juniors, and seniors, males, females. You know, some sport training, some that's just frankly just trying to buy a credit of. A class, and so I tried to make it so miserable on them early that they would just get out of it. Um, but the at the end of the day, the the one common thing between the two is at the end of the day, and what we do, we want to build great husbands and great fathers. You know, if we can keep that in mind of building young kids in the high school or young men here to prepare them to be great husbands and great fathers, I think we're winning as coaches. Yeah. far away from the field because frankly I just don't think there's enough great husbands and great fathers mm-hmm. and so um, and then you're just dealing with a different time in a kid's life yeah. and that, that took me a while to figure out probably two full years three years there at the high school where I had the mentality when I first got there I'm just going to I'm going to out coach all the coaches whoever we played I'm going to out prepare them um, I'm going to jam so much football into our guys and frankly some of those kids just want to hang out with their buddies yeah their yeah. buddies are their buddies are all playing football they just want to go hang out with them yeah and so it really turned where I got there and that tone changed of hey I'm gonna I'm building these kids to do the stuff I just talked about of being better people and in essence by doing that we had more success mm-hmm. because the relationship was even closer with those kids. Yeah, good. Well, you mentioned that Coach Hill and you and Coach Hill had, had have conversations for probably a couple of years before you even came. And what were those conversations like? And how did the the opportunity present itself? The you know when he hired Kelly Bills to coach the receivers, we talked about that job. When he hired Coach Tram the first time, we talked about uh, or hired Coach Tram um, a couple of years ago. We talked about that. Um, you know, this last time, I think I was more ready when Swanee had left. And I just, I had told him, 
um, through some, we were actually texting back and forth of, don't just pigeonhole me as an offensive guy. I think I think I can add value to what you do, what you guys do defensively, by what my knowledge has been on offense, but the ability to coach linebackers, and to his credit, he gets it because of his experience at Utah, from going from defense to offense to defense to offense back to defense now being a head coach and in that regard where he I think a lot of coaches don't really get that experience they're either an offense or a defensive guy but coach Shields had the experience on both sides Mm -hmm. and so I think it really intrigued him to have an offensive guy in the room but have the ability to coach that side of the ball yeah he even mentioned that to me when when I was talking we were talking to him about about this hire that you have the experience, you help the offense being in the defensive room, if that makes sense, and, and looking at the different sides of the ball like like you were talking about, and that's that's valuable. And I think he has that similar experience. Absolutely. Where you can see from a linebacker, when you're coaching linebackers, but you're also focusing on the offense, and, and I guess vice versa and different. So so take us through, as, as a defensive coach, as a linebacker's coach, what kind of film are you watching on opponents? You're usually watching their offense, right? Watching their offense. Yeah. So... So you're seeing the, the keys, the, the reads, what the offense is trying to do, and what you can suggest of what makes it hard on the offense in whatever regard. Like, you know, it's so I think there's some value there when you have those guys that have done both. Because for me, as an offensive coach, I know it is hard on us to stop or to block, or to read, or this or that. Um, And then you flip that over where you're on the other side of it. Hey, this is what is hard on the quarterback. This is what is hard on the offensive tackle by what's hurt you in the past. You know, so you go both sides of that where it's just a different deal. If you had to kind of describe what your offensive style is or approach to the game, is there a way to describe that? I like to use the word we're going to be multiple. We're going to be multiple in – the tempo we play with, the personnel we play with, the formations we play with. Um, It's not going to be a triple option team where it's the same picture all the time. It's not going to be up-tempo, fast, spread, this and that, of the same three or four formations and that's it. Um, But they're going to use tempo as their friend. We're going to have the ability to, one play we might be an empty with five wides and the next play being 23 personnel running power. and so multiple is the word I like because um, I want to give multiple looks to a defense. There you go. Uh, one thing that you've done, at least last year, and I don't know if you'll continue, but you've also been kind of over the gridiron club and working with former Weber State football players uh, where you have that relationship with. And uh, what's, what's, been that, what's that been like as, as, as you have at least some connection to a lot of former players? Well, it's awesome. I mean, we, we go to San Diego State this year and – um, you know, leading into it the last couple of months, you know, June, July, August, getting closer to the game, start getting reached out by um, uh, Terrell Lewis. He lives in L.A., trains kids, um, does some stuff, st- his stuff with Premier. Hey, coach, I'm coming to the game. J.C. Orm, an offensive lineman that played for us, mm-hmm. he's down there. Caleb Turner. Um, he's down there living now. Terrell Cloud, Terrell Cloud he's there. down there. Yeah. Josh Morris, hey, coach, I'm going to fly in for the game and go hang with these guys. And so 
you get a you know so you just get to connect with them and then you know the cool thing about that game is after the game we stayed there the night and so all those guys came to the hotel so we was able to sit and visit for an hour after the game or longer however long it was but that's the that's the fun mm-hmm. part mm-hmm. for me and so just to be able to connect with the guys that I have a really good relationship and guys that are former alumni that it's important for them in their lives of how it's been important to me with that common interest um, about Weber State football. Yeah, it's all about those connections. This last year, 2019, as you coached the linebackers, but what another special year for Weber State, and what will you take most with you from this last season? To come back to a place when you've seen it right at that verge of peak in 08 and 09 um, and to come back where it was the same type of feeling but even better Um, and then to go through it and do the things that we were able to do as a defensive unit and what I had my what I was able to help out in and the way we played on that side of the ball Um, and then collectively as a team to win 11 games um, and finish third in the country, you know, and you still want more. You're still pissed off about the James Madison game and how it went. And, you know, you wish you could complete the ball in the fourth and one in the San Diego State game um, or in, or not get the kickoff return, you know. So some of those things are, are going to stick with you. But there's nothing like winning a championship. Um, and now we just got to take the next step. But you know the, the the locker room feeling after we sealed the deal to be the conference champions was a cool deal. Yeah, just a few more questions with uh, with Matt Hammer, our new offensive coordinator. What's the magic sauce that Coach Hill has? What makes him so special? He's fair. He's just fair. Meaning what? If one of his favorite quotes is, um, "We're not going to treat it's by John Wooden." Um, I, I might mix it up a little bit, but it basically says, we're not going to treat every player the same. We're going to treat you how you should be, how you deserve to be treated. So if you're, if you do everything right, you show up, you work hard, you're great in the classroom, you're great on the field, you play great on Saturdays, we're going to love the crap out of you. But if you're a guy that isn't going to show up to weights on time, going to be late, not go to class, your life's going to be miserable. So you're either going to figure out that your life's not, you don't want it to be miserable anymore or fix it and be the other guy and be treated that way. And so, but it's the same approach with us coaches. If you do your job the right way and your guys are doing what they need to do academically and you guys are prepared to play on Saturdays and you know, all those things and you're doing your job the right way, he's going to treat you great. But he's just, he's just fair in his approach. The other part of it is he has, he has a schedule and a plan that keeps you excited about coming to work with not wearing you out all the time. Um, and then he's just ultra competitive. There's some of the things we just do with our staff um, of pickleball and basketball and this other stuff of us just being around each other and us competing with one another where either, even if it's like we go play golf, it is just like, I'm, he's going to, he has the mentality. He's just going to be, and you're like, no, no, 
you know. And then it just pisses you off if he beats you at pickleball or basketball um, because it brings that competitiveness to us. And so, you know, and then he's the, – the, and then the very best part about, about Coach Hill is his approach to family, our families, and their involvement in what we do where they're welcomed in the facility, you know. Um, I've had times where life just happens in life. My wife has something going on, and my little dude's got to come hang out with me for a couple hours. It doesn't affect him and what's going on. And for us, it's a, the biggest blessing. That's why a lot of the, some of these guys have stuck around so long, because they know how good it is working for him. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a good time to ask you about your, your wife and your four kids, your family, what they mean to you. Um, as much as I've talked about the players, it's even more so with, with them. You know, she, she was a college athlete, so she really understands how important it is of that time of her life when she was a gymnast down there. Um, and then you start trying to be a parent, you start trying to figure it out and all this stuff, and you feel like you screw it up every which way. And then you, but it's like kind of like coaching. You just kind of learn from those mistakes of, you know, what you did with one kid and try to figure it out and, you know, the biggest thing I tell my son is just like I just want you to be tough and be honest you can be tough and you can be honest I think that can get you a long ways um in in everything you know and so but kids are awesome you know just the four of them mean everything to me um we we don't do much besides chase them around and vacation a little and she works I work she just bought a she just bought a CrossFit gym. I don't. I shouldn't say she just bought a CrossFit gym. We invested in a CrossFit gym um, that she's taken ownership of um, within the last month and a half basis, um, and it's a really good deal for her for the release of just being around what she wants to be around. You know, our kids are into sports, um, and so to chase them and watch them play baseball or soccer or football or gymnastics wrestling just whatever's going yeah. on is, is a cool deal so being a dad sweet it's awesome it is uh just a couple more questions if you weren't coaching what do you think you'd be doing i bet you i'd be in the construction field to really? tell the truth i just i don't know i i don't know if i could sit and not do behind a desk or cells or something like that i don't know if i could do that on an everyday basis i think there's some gratification from building something and you're busy um honestly i don't know yeah it uh well I, i'm fortunate because i get to do exactly what i love to do every day yeah that's great uh and and, and wrapping it up then and, and you know tim alluded to it a little bit earlier about the facility and, and the new things we have going on here but what is it ultimately that that you makes weber state so special to you the people there's just good people here it's it's and it's from top to bottom. It starts with it starts with Brad, our president, and it filters all the way down to Braxton, one of our custodians that works at, at nights in the facility over there. There's good people all the way around that really care and love what this place is about, and that's why it's so much fun for me is those types of relationships because I have the same relationship with our president from of the school to the guy that works in our building at nights. And everywhere in between, and that's that's what's cool about it to me. Good. 
we're excited. Excited to have you. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sure you are too. I know as as this season gets going, it'll, spring ball starts here in March, and before you know it, we'll be we'll be starting the season. But I'm sure you're very excited to get that offense going. I, I am excited. Very Good. Excited. Hey, we're excited to have him too. Yeah, That's and, him. And congratulations. Over the past 14 years, I guess it's been since 06, you've started a family, you've, you've learned all types of different things in, in your coaching career, and, and just it, it just climb the ladder, and, and it's, it's a pleasure to have you back, and I know Coach Hill and the players and, and the institution itself is super excited for what's, what's next to come in Weaver State football. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks, thanks for joining us today. The spring football begins in March. Spring game is April 11th is the set for that, and then the fall season begins before you know it. So thanks for joining us, uh, Matt Hammer, new offensive coordinator at Weber State.